0: Uh, most job seekers are not networking you know they they, and if they are odds are they're networking with recruiters like so like you see this very commonly of like okay i want to work at disney and so you you search recruiters on disney and then you start messaging every recruiter at disney and say the best person to network with is not the recruiter and to me there's four there's four different people you can network with uh there's a hire manager there's the people who would be your future coworkers, like the people who have the same role, like another software engineer. You have your recruiters, yeah. and then you have anybody else in the company. And to me, that is like the exact priority order that you should be focusing on. And a recruiter can reject you, but cannot give you the job. So best yeah. case scenario, the recruiter moves you to the next round. Worst case scenario, they can reject you, and the hiring manager never finds out about you. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the How to Get a Job Podcast. Today I have an amazing episode uh, and I have an amazing guest. And we want to talk about the secrets to a hiring manager. Look, guys, uh, if you're a job seeker, you're going to talk to multiple people in the process. You know, coordinators, recruiters, hiring managers, people who have the job, your manager's boss's boss, or maybe your manager's boss's boss. You know, just depending on the company, depending on the industry, depending on the role, all that can vary. But at the end of the day, what I've noticed, and even talking to our guest today, is most of the the, the final decision is generally done by your future manager. And that's what we call the hiring manager. And a lot of times, if you're new to the job search process, you think the recruiters have all the power. And they do have power, but we're going to talk about what power they have, what is the hiring manager, and all of that. And to do that, I couldn't have found a better guest for you all, ladies and gentlemen, so get ready. I have Steffi Alfonso. She is the founder and a career coach of Secrets of a Hiring Manager. She's been an internal recruiter, external recruiter, hiring manager, and she's just a wealth of knowledge. Steffi, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: Great. Thank you, Daniel. I am so grateful to be on here. First of all, I just want to acknowledge you and just for the work that you do i love how you're so focused on mentorship and giving 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 you are like the embodiment of a giver is you you know and so i'm just so honored to be on your show and and just thank you for how you show up in the world and what you're doing for your community no i i appreciate the 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 kind words um yeah i yeah, I appreciate it. I'm going
0: to blush. I'm going to just smile. Let's, <laughs> not, let's just move on. This is not about me. This is about you. Thank you for the kind words. But Steffi, okay, look. Um, obviously, you heard the introduction. And um, and we, we've talked about this before, kind of when we connected during, like, the, the pre-podcast recording call. So if you guys don't know, if you're listening to this, like, we don't just rec- hit record. Like, uh, my producer looks for guests that we think will be add a lot of value to you. We would set up a discovery call. We try to identify a really cool topic. And my conversation with Steffi was really awesome. And so obviously her name of the company was the title of this episode and it just made a lot of sense. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? How did you get into this type of career coaching? Why the secrets of a hiring manager? Just give us a download. Download us on what's going on.
1: Uh, Yeah, okay, so where do I start? So a little about me, Uh, my life has from the very beginning been a story. Uh, I was born in Miami. I was actually born, I don't know if you know this, but I was born on 87th and Coral Way in the car. So when people say, where in Miami were you born? My echo's going off. Uh, Where where in Miami were you born? I was literally born in the intersection, 87th and Coral Way, right in front of the KFC. (laughs) My mom was at a Miami Sound Machine concert, seven months pregnant, and I wanted to dance. So I'm a a true Miamian, (laughs) (laughs) Cuban American. Anyway, so a little bit about my background. So I always had um my, so my my dream, my goals were always like to work in television um but I wanted to do something where where I could help others um and I always had this like, dream of moving to Spain and you know learning how to write in Spanish so I went to college in Spain. I went to Sa- I was living in Salamanca, Spain and came back to the states And I swear I had, (laughs) this sounds really funny now, but um, I had $500 in debt and I was like, oh my God, I, you know, I was in my early twenties and I was like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. I have this $500 credit card debt. I have to pay it off. I got to get a job. And so, you know, I show up to my mom's house and I got to get a job. And so she goes and she buys me a suit. She comes with this Macy's bag. She buys me a suit and she's like, listen to me, you're gonna do what I say, put on this suit and you're gonna go to a staffing agency and you're gonna get a job. No, but before that, the week before, she dropped me off at a mall and she's like, you need to go and you need to get a job. She dropped me off at the mall and she asked me to go into every store and apply. And that was a, that was a mess. So I ended up at the movie theater that day because I was so depressed, you know, because it, it was like Town and Country. I, do, you, do you remember Town and Country?
0: The mall or, or the Ta- movie? No,
1: the, no, it's Town and Country. No. OK, so she dropped me off there, went around, sent my application. I was so bummed because everybody was like, we're not hiring. We're not hiring. So I ended up at the movie theaters the next week. She was like, listen to me. You're going to put on this suit. You're going to go to a staffing agency. So she drops me off at the staffing agency. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I, you know, I have no experience. And I'm sitting in the lobby, and this woman, super sharp woman in this gray suit, comes out. She calls me into her office, looks at my resume, and she's like, You know what? I see something in you. I'm going to give you this job. You're going to start in the front desk first, and I'm going to show you everything I know. And I was like, what? Like, I felt like so seen. I can't believe, I can't believe, like somebody actually really believes in me. And that was the best feeling I ever had in my life. Like, the stranger, she's just giving me this chance, you know. And I, yeah. remember the week before, I was going door to door, you know, to store to store, asking, you know, will you hire me? Will you hire me? And just getting told, no, no, yeah. no. So rejection after rejection. And I was like, okay, I cannot let her down. And, um, to this day, that woman is, you know, that taught me everything she knew. She became my best friend and, uh, you know, worked at a staffing agency for a bit. And during that time, I still had this, these dreams of of becoming an actress and working on TV. And so I was going to castings during this time. And I was also staffing. I became a recruiter. And I was constantly getting emails, phone calls from candidates reaching out to me because I was recruiting, right? And, you know, candidates that didn't qualify for the roles that I was hiring for, and they were just like, please, please, like, please help me. And that hit home, you know, because I was going to castings, constantly getting rejected, and I, I just, I felt for them. I, I know what yeah, it is yeah, to, yeah. to feel, yeah, I felt rejected. And I remember at that time, I, I was, you know, trying to, you know, I was doing great at work, but I was trying to figure out this, this casting acting thing. And I heard about this casting director that was teaching like all the secrets to getting booked. And I, you know, I, I did her course and, and I started to learn all this stuff. And meanwhile, you know, the, and then I started to get booked, right? And meanwhile, back at work, I, was, I continued to get these calls and these emails. And this was back in 2006, And, um, you know, during that time, I was like, wow, I I could relate. Like when they were calling me, please help me. And I was getting people who had just come from Cuba and they were, you know, I just got to this country. Please help me feed my family. And I was like, I felt really bad because what people don't understand is that I was working for the hiring manager for the client. I didn't have a say who got hired. Right. People don't really understand that. And that's the same thing with casting directors. Actors are like, please, please, please help me get casted. They don't have a say it's the client that has the say right and so i realized after i took this woman's course i said you know what candidates need this they need like all these secrets that she's sharing with actors like i wish there was like somebody who could give candidates feedback because honestly as a recruiter when candidates would go interview with the hiring managers I couldn't really say every I would try to give them feedback, but there were certain things that the hiring manager would say, don't tell the candidate this. Right. And I had to because I had to keep confidentiality. There were certain things that I couldn't tell them. And so I said, you know what? Somebody needs to create something that can help these candidates. And so I that's I decided to create secrets of a hiring manager to just give candidates the inside scoop. Like what are hiring managers really thinking? What do they not tell you? And you know that's what I did, and then um, that was very successful. I did that while I always working a full time job, and then um, after the agency, I got called by my client to come and start their career services team. Now this is during the recession, and this is when like there were no jobs, right? Everybody was getting laid off. It was a really hard time, you know, in 2008, and um, you know they my employer hired me to come and start the career services team to help tech talent find work. And I remember telling my friends and family, and they're like, you're insane. How are you going to help them find jobs? There are no jobs. Turn on the news, right? And when I started to meet with these candidates that I was helping, you know, it just, I felt for them, like, just like I had that dream, like I want to become an actress. You know, I they had this dream of working in tech and making their dreams come true. And I, I said, you know what? I don't care what everybody says. I don't know how to get them hired right now, but you know what? I'm gonna figure it out. And so my secret sauce was I may not know, but other people know, right? And so I just started to reach out to experts, started picking their brain, and um and yeah, by the end of the year I had the highest placement rate. I place what was it? It was 300, it's, I think it was 374. It's back in the day. And I was like, what? Like, take that, right? Like, tell me I can't do it and I'll prove you th- that I can. Right. And so it was just the best feeling um, to know, like, there's always a way yeah. people could tell, you "No, that's impossible. and And that was the most fulfilling thing. And that's when I fell in love with career coaching, with staffing and just helping people make their dreams come true. And um, I did that for many years. And then in 2020, pandemic hit, I was like on top of the world with my career, so happy, still doing the career coaching on the side, but still had my full-time job. And then, you know, one day I'm sitting in a leadership meeting with the whole leadership team and we're looking at the numbers and I'm like, oh my God, we're in trouble. And yeah, then I ended up getting laid off. And, you know, that was really hard for me. And um, it was a really great moment for me, although it was really hard. I ended up using everything that I was teaching my clients. I said, okay, now it's time to use it, right? And in two weeks, I had five offers. I always dreamt of working in Silicon Valley. And the cool thing about it was, you know, I was living in Miami. And the cool thing about it was that now, because we were all working remote, that created so many new opportunities. You can work for and a so Valley I
0: company in Miami. That's so awesome.
1: In Miami, yeah. And so, and then I just became, I fell in love with that. Like, wow, I could work from anywhere. Yeah. I could actually live live out my dreams, and you know, work anywhere. And so I became committed to that. After, you know, after I got hired, I started to see like. I got these five offers and every offer was better and better and better. And I was just like, wow, I, I can't believe it. Like this actually works. Like right. I applied these strategies
0: for your, for yourself,
1: for me. It yeah. You transition
0: yeah. into like doing this full time for your own business.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then I was working in Silicon Valley. That was amazing. And you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm Christian. I pray a lot. And so when, you know, One day I started to get, I start, first I go on LinkedIn and I start to see like um, the tech layoffs. I start hearing about the tech layoffs. And all of a sudden I start getting all these emails and all these texts from people that I knew that were in the tech space. There was a big tech layoff, um, you know, telling me like, I just got laid off, help me, help me. And so what was happening is, you know, I was working eight hours a day, possibly, you know, yeah. Like more than eight hours a day. and so I didn't have the time to help. I could take one or two clients, but I can't really help all these people that I want to help. And so I was feeling like this like terrible feeling in my stomach. Like you were meant for this. You were meant to help people. Like I, you know, in my prayers, I realized like, you know, and I'm sorry to you know, talk about this, but God has helped me. You know, it's my turn to help, to give back. And I felt just like this guilt. What are you going to do? And so, you know, one day, like I just, I was meditating and I just felt like in me, it, it's time to help. Like I, I have to go all in. And so I was talking to my other half. I spoke to his mom too. And I was like, I'm feeling this, like I, ha- I get to help people and I'm feeling stuck because I know that I can't help if I'm working my full-time job. And they were so supportive. They were like, you go all in. If you're feeling this in your heart, if you feel that you really could help all these people, I mean, you have clients, you you can't like go all in, just, you don't, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and so I said, you know what, I'm going to go all in. And so I quit my full-time cushy job and my dream job. I decided, you know, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to help people who are getting laid off, find new jobs and jobs they love. And like, pick up, you know, where they left
0: love off. It, it. So um, I kind of want to bring this back on, on one of the things that you said as you were going through your experience, like you started off your career in like a staffing agency in a sense. And um, you had this lady that kind of like essentially took you under your wings and became your best friend, right? And you went from the receptionist to one of the best recruiters they had because you cared about the people. And, and a lot, I, from my, and what I love about your story is like, you, you lo- a lot of the transferable skills that you, like, What? how do you stand out in the acting world so you can get those gigs and translate it to how do you stand out in the job seeker world? And you were mentioning something that was really cool and I want us to bring this back is you were saying, you thought that the casting directors had the final say. Job seekers think that the recruiters have the final say. And so I kind of want to bring this back to say, okay, if they don't have the final say, who does? Not only who, but let's talk through this together, right? What is the difference between an internal recruiter, an external recruiter, and the hiring manager?
1: Yeah, I love this question because I think the biggest mistake I see is that candidates, again, think that the recruiter has all this power. And so, like, you get laid off or you're looking for work, and the first thing you do is... Let me reach out to a recruiter. And I am constantly getting, you know, messages, even when I was working my full time job, you know, messages, help me. Can you help me find a job? You know, and they think that just because I'm the recruiter, I'm going to help them get hired. Right. And so that's their first go to let me reach out to a recruiter. And the recruiter doesn't really have the say, it's the hiring manager. So just because you come to me and you say, hey, Steffi, uh, I'm looking for work. Can you, can you help me get hired at the company you're at? But have you looked at the roles? Is there a role that you qualify for? If you don't qualify for anything, I can't just put you in front of the hiring manager, right? I have, I have to, if I'm the recruiter, I'm going off of what the hiring manager says, right? So, so here's how it works. There's the hiring manager. The hiring manager has an open role. Right. And so every organization is different, but the hiring manager normally opens up a role, whatever that process looks like. They usually do uh, an intake call with a recruiter. That's the first step. Right. Um, So, yes, we call it the intake call, that initial call where the hiring manager spills the beans. Right. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's a candidate I'm looking for. Right. So either they meet with the internal recruiter or sometimes if they're overly extended. Or they don't have a recruiter they meet with an external recruiter, which is somebody from a staffing agency or a staffing firm that's an external recruiter the internal recruiter works for the company. um, So they you know they have the same mission same goals, uh, but they they have a little more say than the external recruiters the staffing agency right because why something that people don't know is the, the staffing agency is getting this big fee right so. Sometimes, um, you know, the hiring manager is going to not, tr- I don't want to say trust, but they're, they're gonna, they're gonna really listen to the internal recruiter more than the external recruiter because they work for the same company. They know that they're not just trying to do it to get the fee, right? They know that, you know, Hey, we're, we work for the same company. Um, you know, they, they have more of a rapport and sometimes the internal recruiters oversee external recruiters and staffing agencies, if that makes sense. So sometimes their job is to work with the staffing agencies to help get those uh, candidates hired. But what I'm saying here, if this is making sense, is the hiring manager has the final say. So the hiring manager meets with the recruiter, they do an intake call, the hiring manager says, okay, here's what I'm looking for, X, Y, Z. And then based on that form, sometimes the hiring manager creates a scorecard or they create um, what's so they either create a scorecard or they actually write their own job descriptions or sometimes they don't sometimes HR writes the job descriptions or the recruiter writes a job descriptions right um, but what happens during that intake call something that a lot of people don't know is that the recruiter you know like for example in the tech space they may have like re- experience recruiting for tech talent but they're not working every single day in that role. They're not like an actual software engineer, right? They're not, they're not really doing that. They're just going off of what the hiring manager says. So when I meet, let's say I'm the recruiter. I meet with the hiring manager. I'm do, I'm filling out this intake call. What do they need? They need this and this and this. Then I create my Boolean phrases. I don't, not a lot of people know this, but I'm, I'm speaking recruiter here. <laughs> um, so they create their Boolean uh Thread. Right. And so those are the searches that we're going to use to look for a candidate. Right. So whatever that is, it's kind of like the code. Right. So, you know, when you're programming, yeah. you have wor- words, words that you put into program. Right. So recruiters do the same. We take these boolean words and then buy- we search for candidates that way. Right. And so if you don't have one of those words on your you know, LinkedIn profile or on your resume, we never see you. Right. And so let's say but, but you let's, are applying let's break it down
0: a little bit because we're getting so into the com- complexity. technical, so like, yeah. just so that we can recap. We're on the same page. So the way I kind of think about it too, and I think you mentioned a lot of this is this, okay. A role is open in the company and there's really just a handful of reasons why the job's open. One person quits Two, the person gets promoted or, or goes to a different role within the company makes a lateral move. Three, the person gets fired for the company's growing, the department's growing, so you add headcount to the, to the team, right? So whatever those reasons are, uh, that role, if there's already a budget because someone quit, got promoted, or not, there's already allocated budget to it. If it's a new role, then that's then approved by finance, generally speaking, and then there's an opening. That hiring manager has a full-time job. And for for the purpose of this example, we're going to say that we're talking about a software engineer. So this person's in charge of is it, of a software engineer team, they're developing an application for, say, I don't know, for Disney, just, just out of pure example, right? What happens then is that the hiring manager who's, pro, who's a software engineer, probably by trade, right? Or a program manager or a product manager, right? Their full-time job is not a recruiter's job. So they're not going to be looking for candidates. They pass that down to the recruiting team. So... To to like what Steffi said, if there is an internal recruiter, an internal recruiter might be assigned to it. But if either a the job is the, the role is too technical for that person, there's no or, or there's no capacity because the recruit, there's a lot of roles opening, or if they have some staffing agency partners the way they feel like have a pipeline of candidates that they want to use, they can go and decide to do it. They might do both. They might have an internal recruiter working on the role and they might also have an external recruiters from multiple companies that get paid a fee. And I think that's really good distinction there of saying, okay, the hiring manager is the title that we say for anybody who's going to be your boss. It's their final decision. Yeah. It's their team. And the reason why it's generally their final decision is because they're managing the project, they're managing the department. And the success or failure of that, right, falls on the leader. And so how can you tell the leader, that the program is, is, is it's a failure because of you, if you do not allow, allow him to pick your team. So most companies give the ultimate decision on the manager of the department. To save his time and protect their time, not his, right, it could be hers, their time, they use recruiters to filter all those mass number of applications, because here's the thing, The internet has made it so easy for you to apply online. It's made it very hard to get noticed. So any given job opening can get hundreds of applications and that makes it really challenging to do it. Or on the flip side, what the the hiring manager needs is so specific. And this happens a lot in tech and medicine, right? It's so specific and there's not a lot of people applying because there's a lot more openings that there is talent to do those roles, the companies need to pay staffing agencies, 20% or more to get those candidates to come and work for them. And so that that's where you have to understand an internal recruiter works directly for the company, right? They generally have a higher base, very little sa- uh, bonuses B- bonuses are smaller. Yeah. No commission, generally speaking. And an external recruiter works for a third party company is representing the company. So I know the recruiters seem very nice on the phone, but they're if as soon as they realize that you can't help them, onto the next because it kind of becomes a numbers game for an external recruiter because it's all based on how their compensation, how they're motivated, what's the, in it for them. And for an external recruiter, is generally a very low base with high commissions based on the placement. And so because of that, they're always looking for their client's best interest. And they're going into to your point, and they, and what they have to go for is the job description and the intake interview, and sometimes it's one of them, sometimes it's both of them, right? And they use that information to then filter the candidates, both internal and external. Their job is to filter the candidates and present to the hiring manager the most qualified three, five, ten candidates. It's all really depending on the hiring manager's preference on whether they want to interview 10 people, 5 people, 3 people, or anybody that's qualified.
1: Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like, and I'm not saying that the external recruiters don't have any influence. They yeah. do. They do. I there are some amazing external recruiters that I've worked with in the past. Um, but it's important to keep that in mind that the hiring manager, they have to go off what the hiring manager wants, right? And so they look bad if they present you and you don't have the qualifications. They can't just Present yeah. you because you're nice or you're their friend, you know. And so, um, but, you know, when I was saying about the bullion words, sometimes they get so stuck on those. So let's say there's a software, right? So let's say I'm, I'm interviewing you and the hiring manager told me that you need to have Tableau, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have Tableau. Tableau is something that you could learn, you could teach yourself, right? So it's important for you as a candidate to prepare yourself before you have those conversations. Look to see what are the roles. And when you're looking at those roles, take a look at what softwares, what are they requiring from me and get familiar with those things, right? There are certain things that you can do. You can, um, you know, right now we have, again, we have so much technology. We've got YouTube, go on YouTube, watch some tutorial videos on the softwares that they're requiring, go to the websites, ask for, sometimes you could even ask for demos from those companies, right? So me, myself, like hiring for actual recruiters under my team, the requirement is that they needed to have greenhouse. Right. And Greenhouse used to be so they were bought out. So Lever was bought out by Greenhouse. Right. And Lever is very similar to Greenhouse. So I knew how to use Lever. But at that time, I didn't know how to use Greenhouse. Right. And that's something that, you know, the hiring manager was getting stuck on that. We need to find somebody that knows how to use Greenhouse. But you could teach yourself how to use Greenhouse, get proficient with it. And then once you're proficient with it, then you could you know reach out. And, and be able to speak the lingo and really but don't limit yourself just because there's a qualification but do not, you know, make sure you, you got to be prepared, the people that do the best are the people that are prepared and remember, the recruiters going to do the pre screening call they're going to say do you have XYZ I have YZ but not X, they may not present you right so make sure you know exactly what they need first. And sometimes you won't know that, but that's why you want to study that job description and really familiarize yourself. And from that job description, figure out like, what are the bullion words that they might be searching for? The good recruiters do what's called, you know, web scraping. And they're like, they're looking for those keywords, right? And so you want to make sure that those keywords are in your profile, your resume, all of that. And, um, what else? So yeah, so it's important, you know, that you that you understand, like, the recruiter is on the you know, their job is to fill the role.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, another thing that um, that comes up a lot, right? I don't know if you know this. Um, but recently, you know, this past year, at the beginning of the year, a lot of companies had, you know, the big layoffs, right? Who are the first people that they let go of? When a company's restructuring you know when you know their stocks go down you know they need to they're not doing well right so they need to they need to do a layoff the first people that they lay off unfortunately is talent acquisition meaning the recruiters okay so a lot of people reach out you know i need a recruiter to help me but when a company is doing budget cuts they're going to eliminate that talent side and they're going to end up doing the hiring themselves. So do not rely on just the recruiters. You want to reach out to recruiters, but you don't want to rely on just recruiters because a lot of recruiters right now are looking for work because they've been laid off. Yeah. Because again, that's, that's the first thing that's eliminated when we're entering a recession yeah. or the company's not doing well. Uh, so it's important to, to point that out. Right. So also what happens is, Like I've had a friend reach out the other day. Hey, do you know any firms that, you know, that I can hire to help me find work? I said, don't rely on just that. Because what happens is that these firms might be limited. They're only working with a certain number of clients, whatever client can afford them right now. Right. Because they had to do budget cuts. So they're limited. They they only have those roles. Don't limit yourself to just that. Find the companies
0: that you're. One thing that you were mentioning, I think it's really important. it's this, like, I think most people, are, most job seekers are not networking, you know, they, they and if they are, odds are they're networking with recruiters. Like, so like, you see this very commonly of like, okay, I want to work at Disney. And so you, you search recruiters on Disney and then you start messaging every recruiter at Disney and say, here's my resume. Like, I just want a job. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And I think the mistake there is, is understanding, not understanding the process that like Steffi and I have just shared with you guys to know that in fact, I actually wanted to say, it's like the best person to network with is not the recruiter. And to me, there's four, there's four different people you can network with. Uh, There's a hire manager. There's the people who would be your future coworkers. Like the people who have the same role, like another software engineer, you have your recruiters and then you have anybody else in the company. And to me, that is like the exact priority order that you should be focusing on. And most people yeah. target recruiters first, but to me, they're third, right? The, the best person to network with is the hiring manager, right? They are the person who has the most power. They are the person who could bring you in, can guarantee you the interview and ultimately guarantee you the job, right? Yet, yeah, but there's cons to that too. And, I, and I'll be really honest. To me, I think hiring managers are sometimes the hardest person to find because we're saying hiring manager, but rarely is someone's title hiring manager. It's like senior like senior software engineer, software engineer three, director uh, or program manager. So there could be millions of different variations of job titles, and that becomes very hard to find. So that's where to me, the second option, and to me, the best option for all you listening is to find the person who would be your coworker. So going back to the example of Disney, and you want to work as software engineer in Disney um, in the cruise uh, division. So you can go on LinkedIn, put software engineer, filter by company, and you can even put cruises and because of LinkedIn actually works like Boolean search, you can actually do bullying searches on Google and on LinkedIn and pretty much anywhere now, like you're going to, and let's say that that's in Orlando, Florida, because you know, the cruise division is, is in Orlando, even though they, most of our uh, the, the, the ships leave from Port Canaveral or Miami, you're still going to be able to connect with people who are, who work as software engineers in that division. And then from there, you can reverse engineer and find the hiring manager. But those are the, those people, like the people who are your your future coworkers actually have even more influence than the recruiter. And here's why, right? If I'm a manager and I'm making the decision, I talk to my employees more than I would talk to a recruiter that was just assigned to my role that I might only talk to a couple of times a year at a best case scenario or an external recruiter who was just assigned to that role. And doesn't know my account that well because I'm generally taking talk, talking to the account manager anyways because in the, in the external recruiting factor, you have an account manager and then you have recruiters. And so there's even a, a more, more of a layer. So actually I actually think those are the best people. And then the third person is the recruiters. And actually here's something to think about for all you listeners. A recruiter can reject you but cannot give you the job. So best, best case scenario, the recruiter moves you to the next round worst case scenario they can reject you and the hiring manager never finds out about
1: you never sees never you it. yeah sees that is, i love i love that you mentioned this so one thing to point out so a lot of companies have policies number 1 they have referral bonuses <laughs> yep. right so i love what you said about like yeah reach out to your future coworkers your potential coworkers right because guess what what's in it for them they're going to want to help yep. you because I've seen these go from these referral bonuses that the company offers go from $500 to Mm $10,000. So what's in it for them? They might save the day, you know, they help out that manager and also get a nice referral bonus if you get hired, right? So they're gonna want to help you. But also, you know, keep in mind, and I've, I've seen this, I wanna share an example of something that's happened. So I have, as an internal recruiter, When I've been overseeing the process, I've seen hiring managers who, you know, we've got two amazing candidates with the same qualifications. And then maybe one is even, you know, has even something better. Wow. Like, you know, okay, there's Bob and there's Joe. And you know what? We really like Bob. He has everything that we want. And Joe has everything that we want. We like Bob a little more. But you know what? Okay, let me see. What agency is Bob coming from? Oh, okay. And Joe, Oh, okay. So Bob's bill rate, what we call the bill rate, right? So the percentage that I have to pay is higher. Oh no, 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 that's too expensive. Let's go with Let's go with the other candidate. And people don't know this, right? And so, and there's like they, so they don't just reach out to. Sometimes you're lucky; they work with one agency, but sometimes they work with multiple agencies. And and Most of the time, you know, they do. Yeah, because
0: and so and they get. Go ahead. I was just gonna add one thing because the way the external recruiting works. They get paid only once you place them. So for a company, it's in their best interest to hire multiple agencies because you have multiple recruiters all working for the same fee and the person who brings the best candidate wins. So I've been in a position where as a hiring manager have three agencies and usually the sweet spot is between three and five, because if you have more than five, it becomes hard to manage all the relationships. But you also don't want one because you're dependent on only one team. But so, yeah, sorry to interrupt.
1: Yeah, no, no. And then there's other times where, um, you know, maybe so you reach out to somebody in the company. Also, another policy. So a lot of companies have a policy that if somebody within the company refers somebody, right, if they refer somebody, they have to like when you go on the applicant tracking system, the software that we use to look at the candidates. We have to prioritize yep. any candidate that's an internal referral. So even if they don't have the qualifications, I have to call them as a recruiter because it's it's company policy, right? And so that's your opportunity. That's your opportunity to make them fall in love with you and your skills, right? That is your opportunity. So even if you don't have all of the skills, because you were referred by somebody there, they're going to give you a chance. They're going to call you, and that's, that's your chance. Um, so yeah so it's it's important you know to get referred, but also it's important how do you get referred okay and i don't I don't think a lot of people talk about this uh there's a great book by Adam grant called give and take i don't know if you have you ever heard of yeah, it yeah, got, I love that book you it, a giver <laughs> yes, all about so you want to be a giver, not a taker. I can't tell you like as a recruiter, when I look at my inbox, how many messages I have from people, hey, can you help me here's my resume here's my resume. And it, it becomes, becomes too much. Everybody looks the same and nobody stands mm-hmm. out. Don't focus on just reaching out to a bunch of even coworkers. Yes, you want to reach out to a future coworker. Don't focus on just sending your resume. Focus on what you can give first. Focus out. That's my favorite thing. Focus out. So how do you focus out? So if you know you're on LinkedIn, engage with their content. You're really great at this, Daniel, by the way. Engage with their content. Give, give, give. You know, um, if there's somebody that you can connect them with, if they're talking about a problem that they're having or something that you can help them with, give, give, give. If there's an article that you come across, you know, stay up to date with that company, the industry, focus on what are the problems that they are having? So take a consultative approach. When you are applying, if you wanna stand out, take a consultative approach. Always think about what's the problem that they're having? How can I help them solve it? focus on helping them, right? So give, 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 engage, focus on problem, find articles, but just really focus on giving first. And then after you can ask, hey, I could really use your help. I I saw this role. I'm really interested. What do you think? Would you be able to introduce me to the person in charge of this role? But first give, give, give and do it from a genuine place. You know, don't. It's so true.
0: Give, give. give, Like it's so true. Just like if you generally like, because you know what, like I like as humans, we're selfish creatures and, 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 and that's all of us, right? I think it's part of our DNA, right? Uh, but there's no such thing as a long-term relationship if it's not mutually beneficial. And so when you can actually go into a relationship by giving first, people are not used to that. And so they actually become shocked and they actually gravitate to want to build a relationship with you more and want to actually match that and want to help you more. So I, I totally agree with that. Look, I, this is awesome. I know we could talk forever, Steffi, so, um, and we're kind of like, I can't believe it's already been 38 minutes. So let's do this, right? Oh my God. Um, you're obviously a wealth of knowledge. You obviously, we just barely scratched the surface on really understanding the secrets of a hiring manager. I know that uh, you have a brand new course on this as well, but anybody listening to this uh, and they want to learn more about you and the, the services and products that you have, tell us a little bit about that and how they can connect with you and learn more about that um, outside, after this podcast.
1: Yeah, so the best way is Instagram and LinkedIn. So it's, I'm under Secrets of a Hiring Manager on um, Instagram and Steffi Alfonso on LinkedIn. And I actually have a mindset video for those of you that are listening who need, you know, want to shift your mindset, really get into the right mindset for job searching. I have a video, a free video. It's actually the first lesson of the course. So I'm giving that to you for free. And it's it's great to listen to before you start jobs uh, job searching or uh, before you interview. So,
0: yeah. Love it. So we will put a link to her LinkedIn and her Instagram here. I know that I'm on I'm on her LinkedIn, so I know I'm I'm connected with Stephanie on both. And on her LinkedIn, if you go to her her page itself, there is a link to watch that video for free. So you can you know we will even put a link to that there. But look, Stephanie, this is awesome. Thank you so much for you guys listening. Look like we like understanding this is important. I know that we're easily gravitate towards recruiter, but understanding the hiring manager is going to be key. So I would highly suggest uh, definitely follow stuffy on that. And if you're listening to this, look, I I, want to, again, thank you guys for your time. I know that there's a million things you could be doing instead of listening to this podcast or watching this podcast. But the fact that you are listening to this means that you care about your future. You care about your career. And so I really appreciate that. Um, We don't run ads here. So, and all I ask is that if you enjoy this content, that you share that with a friend, you follow and subscribe, give us a like and give us feedback. If there's something in the episodes or in the podcast that you want us to do that we're not doing, any guests or any topic that you would like to be covered, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. We'll put my link there and send me a message. I'll be more than happy to take that feedback and take it into account. I appreciate you guys more than you know. Steffi, thank you so much for coming. And for all of you listening, catch you guys on the next episode. See ya.
1: See ya. Thank you.